Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about self-directed retirement accounts. And this is something that a lot of people are not too familiar about. And with my guest, we're going to talk a little bit about the benefits of them, how to utilize them, how you can take advantage of expanding or growing your portfolio using a self-directed retirement account, and a little bit about diversification because we want to kind of marry those two topics. A self-directed retirement account is really not different than any other uh, retirement account or IRA. In fact, legally speaking, according to IRS regulations, you can self-direct virtually any retirement account and what you can put into a retirement account is almost limitless. There are a few exceptions, but many IRA custodians only allow investing in certain things like stocks and bonds, mutual funds and CDs. But a self-directed IRA custodian or any custodian for a retirement account allows you to invest in other types of assets like real estate, notes, private placements and businesses, tax lien certificates, and a whole lot more. And when you think about, about the potential benefits of a self-directed IRA, it's kind of limitless because you can tap into dollars that are pre-tax dollars, depending on the type of retirement account you're talking about, and allow the power of compounding, if you understand how compounding works, but allow the power of compounding to work for you because you are utilizing 100% of your contributions. I was going to say income but it's essentially your contributions, which are before tax, to work for you instead of putting in after-tax dollars. Now, there are different types of retirement accounts, of course, and those work a little differently. Some of them are pre-tax, some of them are after-tax dollars. But this is something you can discuss with whoever your tax advisor or custodian is. But you want to work with a trusted advisor who understands what self-directed retirement accounts are all about. Because although it is a common product, well known and an item that has been around for a long time, believe it or not, there are a lot of advisors that don't have a lot of experience or knowledge in this area. They know what they know and they work with the tools that they have, but it's just not something that they're overly familiar with. So today I'm going to bring on one of my friends and acquaintances who is uh, deep into the IRA and self-directed space. And we're going to talk a little bit about diversification and dig into the whole self-directed concept. So we will jump into that here in just a few seconds. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. It's my pleasure to welcome Amanda Holbrook, the Vice President of Specialized IRA Services to the show. Amanda has been a passionate driving force in the world of self-directed IRAs for over 10 years running. I've known Amanda for many years. We've worked together for a long time. 
Her experience in the self-directed and real estate investing world allows her to add great value to all the families and businesses that she works with. She has the uncanny ability to really connect and simplify the self-directed concepts so that anyone can apply it in their lives. Amanda is also the proud mother of two, a loving wife, a self-directed IRA ninja, and an active real estate investor. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marco. (laughs) Glad to be here. It's great having you on. We haven't had you or someone like you on for a while, and I think it's a good time to revisit the subject. And what I'd like to try to do today is kind of marry the two concepts, basically the untapped potential that a lot of people still don't realize they have with the funds they have in their self-directed or maybe not even self-directed yet retirement accounts, whether that's an IRA, a 401k or whatever it may be. And let's talk a little bit about diversification and kind of marry those two concepts together if we can, because a lot of people don't realize that they can expand their investing and their portfolio or diversify with what they have, but don't realize that they can do it and maybe don't think they can. So let's explore all this together. How's that sound? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what we're going to do today is kind of take it from high level to the macro to the micro and anyone can self-direct. So simple, a child could do it quite literally. Yeah, great. So I like to start off with basics. So let's first off, start off with the concept of self-direction. What does that mean? Because there's a lot of people that aren't clear on what self-direction means. In fact, there's a lot of people I know that don't even know and realize that they can self-direct retirement accounts. No, they're absolutely right. And here's like the ABCs and one, two, threes of self-direction, if you will. Okay. You can self-direct an IRA, a 401k, a health savings account. These are all types of self-directed accounts. Okay. But what does that mean? Okay. So anyone that's listening that has saved for their own retirement, saved it either in an IRA typically or a 401k, and you are on a platform under one of the big banks of the world, and you are limited to stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. So you're given this little box to invest in and you log on to your screen and you say, pick it yourself. Okay. That is not self-direction, folks. It's not the self-direction that we're talking about. True self-direction is when you can take those same funds, the same type of account, but you invest them into non-traditional assets, meaning ones that you decide. So examples would be real estate, private notes or promissory notes, syndications. You can invest in oil and gas, precious metals, tax liens, just to name a few. Entities. I mean, you can get very creative. The whole spirit of self-direction is being able to take control of your own financial future, not having someone else calling the shots, but you're in the driver's seat and investing in what you know. That's simple. Okay, great answer. And so also for those that are unfamiliar with self-directed accounts, what are the benefits of a self-directed plan like a self-directed IRA? In other words, what can you invest in and what are the overall benefits of doing that? Okay, so any IRA, you know, self-directed, traditional, Roth, There's the immediate benefit of, you know, you get the tax write-offs or deductions, if you will, if you're putting into a tax-deferred account. So that's kind of the instant gratification of saving for your own retirement. Also, there's the beautiful Roth IRA, where it grows tax-free forever, okay? But the beauty of not only one, tax diversification, which is what I just touched on, but also asset diversification. I'm sure you've heard the cliche and you've talked to a financial advisor at some point in your life and it's, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know? So that's what we mean by diversification. But in our world, we're not talking diversifying from 
this stock to that stock to this bond, et cetera. We are talking, okay, are you investing into real estate in some way, shape, and form? Are you investing into doing any type of private equity? So that's a bit more passive where you are being a private money lender. You know, you're playing the bank. That's another one that we see a lot of. Other categories are oil and gas, any type of foreign exchange currency into various entities. And you can own percentage of a private company in your IRA. Classic, classic case study. And I'm sure you're familiar with PayPal. Everybody listening here is probably familiar or has used PayPal. So Peter Thiel started PayPal. He purchased shares of PayPal and it was just itty bitty bitty in his Roth IRA. And what did he do with PayPal? He scaled PayPal. He sold PayPal. And he has now has over $100 million in his Roth IRA. And that was a self-directed IRA. He was able to do that in. So that's an example of, you know, you're seeing diversified funds at play in self-directed vehicles all around you in the day-to-day, and you probably don't even know it. And you forgot to mention that the $100 million is after-tax dollars because with a Roth IRA, when he pulls those funds out, he's not going to be taxed on it. Yeah. We say tax-free forever. <laughs> yeah. Name that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So you kind of ventured off onto the whole diversification thing, which is really a topic in and of itself. And there's a lot of debate and I have my own theories and philosophies and comments and opinions about diversification. But, you know, you take a guy like Warren Buffett, he's one of the greatest investors alive and he refers to diversification as protection against ignorance, which is true in many ways. And then you look at a guy like Mark Cuban, you know, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and a billionaire, self-made billionaire. And, you know, he says diversification is for idiots. And you have to kind of take what they say in context, because the reality is, is that when the general public thinks about diversification, it's really about putting all your eggs in one basket. But that's usually a paper asset basket and then picking a whole bunch of different paper assets like different stocks or mutual funds. And diversifying that way. I mean, the sacred cow is in the industry is invest for the long term in a diversified portfolio. But the sacred cow needs to be shot because it's bad investing advice. And it hurts millions of people because when you're all in the market, uh, stock market, you're kind of living and dying by the stock market. So that's not true diversification. To me, true diversification is investing in Ideally, all four asset classes, asset classes meaning business, real estate, paper assets, and commodities. That to me is real diversification. And if you're in all four of those and you specialize in one or two, ideally real estate, but one or two of those, that's, I think, the time when you are going to do well and do the best. So my question to you now is, what does it mean to diversify in your world and with self-directed accounts Let's just start with that before I ask you my next question. Sure. I mean, it, the meaning of diversification is exactly, you know, the, you did a very good job as far as laying that out. The four different asset classes. Okay. Well, if you hold all of those in a, a taxable account, you are also taking down your returns because we all pay taxes, right? If you're doing it in a taxable environment. So that's key number one is there's one part of the equation is how do you earn it? The second part is how do you keep it? The way to think of a self-directed IRA custodian like Specialized is like, we're team keep it, (laughs) okay? So we're the one that's going to set up the tax-sheltered account to allow you to invest in such things as 
commodities, entities, real estate, etc., but also to keep more profit into your pocket. The other big thing, too, about diversification outside of just paper assets is control. The definition and the, the thing that we're all working here for is, you know, it's almost become a buzzword at this point, is financial freedom. What is financial freedom? What does that mean? It's really freedom of time, you know, is what that comes down to. But in order to have freedom of your time to sustain your lifestyle, you need consistent, predictable income. You know, so the key for diversification is finding those assets that are going to provide you consistent, predictable income that you have more control over, less risk, and that are going to allow you to achieve your goal in the timeline that you would like to. So keeping everything in the stock market, for instance, that to your point, that's not true diversification. Now, if you sit down with a broker, which that's all they have to offer you, then I have a feeling they're going to tell you something different. No offense to any financial professionals listening, (laughs) but I get it. Everyone has to feed their family. We understand. You know, but that's the true diversification is getting into, again, those different asset classes, minimizing your risk, preserving some of your capital, doing it in the tax advantageous account and making sure that you are diversified. You're not very heavy one way or the other. And that, to your point, is going to the definition of diversification and need is going to change over time. The closer we get to retirement, the less risk tolerance that we have. M.C. Lobsher from Producers Wealth has helped his clients find money they didn't even know they had and showed them how to use it to save and invest in real estate at the same time through the infinite banking concept. You can watch a free webinar on the strategy and download a free cash flow audit guide to find the money you already have but are unknowingly losing every day at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Check it out today. Okay. So I almost want to ask you when the best time is to start, but I think that's a loaded question. And and the best time was like 20 years ago. The next best time is today, right? But do you feel that there's some level of urgency in diversifying? I mean, obviously you want to get started as soon as you can, but is there a level of urgency and what kind of factors do you look at in terms of making decisions as to when to diversify and maybe where to diversify? I mean, that's a big question, obviously, but just answer however you want. Yeah. I mean, so typically as far as urgency, I mean, uh, you you answered that perfectly because that's the number one, whether we're in person or over the phone, the number one piece of feedback I always get, oh, I wish I would have heard about this 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But when and how do you diversify? So let's look at where we're at today. You know, as far as where the market's been, been a bit more volatile these past couple quarters than it has been in the past couple years. And a pure market indicator, just even from the self-directed side, you know, is we're seeing our account volumes increase with no additional marketing efforts, no additional events, et cetera, or new relationships. That's how we grow our business. So that right there is a true market indicator that folks are moving from the traditional realm over to self-direction. And that's purely market-driven. Why? Because they're taking more control. You've got more visibility, less control over here. We're seeing indicators in all markets, not just the stock market. We see the real estate market, et cetera, to where moving some of those funds into a self-directed platform where you're calling the shot and you're not so much at the mercy of all outside factors that you can't control is going to put you and your family in a better financial position at the end of the day. So that's one, you know, to answer one of those questions as far as the time is always now. I think one of the big fallacies that I hear are, 
you have to have a large sum to start self-direction. I mean, that's not true. I mean, we have children that self-direct. You kid you not. I mean, there's ways that kids can have Roth IRAs and covered all educational savings accounts where you're putting anywhere between two to six thousand dollars in. What can I invest in with two to six thousand dollars? Well, there's a various different strategies, and I won't get into all of that. But that's what we specialize here at Specialized IRA Services is showing how you can get not only your accounts but your family of accounts working together in the asset class that you're interested in. You know, because I'm sure you know the fund disclaimer, Marco. We're a passive custodian, everyone. So we don't recommend or endorse any specific investment or investment sponsor. So we're never going to have that goals conversation and be steering one way or the other for our own self-fulfilling prophecy. That it's just been a negative connotation that financial professionals in the world have gotten over the years. You mentioned kids and families. I would think that a great way to build a retirement account, a self-directed retirement account for your children would be to pay them an allowance, but not give it to them in the form of cash or in a debit card, which is something that I was looking into, but actually pay them on a monthly or annual basis and put that into a Roth IRA or some sort of self-directed retirement account. So you are, and I'm not saying give them free money, they should probably earn it, but whatever you do, pay them, put it in an account that they can self-direct and learn how to invest so they get an education along with those funds that you're giving them. And so now they have this account. They know what's in it. They know that they can self-direct it. They know what they're investing in, whether it be stocks in the stock market or, or notes or a piece of real estate or whatever the case is. I think that's a great way to not only build a retirement account for your children, but educate them along the way. So that's an option I think a lot of parents should look into and many don't. I absolutely agree. And that's one of our, you know, one of the pillars here that we stand on and we believe in very strongly and passionately at Specialized. Because with a self-directed account, you know, and this, I'm going to sound like an after-school special. I'm just giving you guys a warning. <laughs> that's okay. First off, when you're first starting, it's you don't know what you don't know. Okay. So now you've learned about the tools. You've gotten off your butt and you've self-educated. Now you know what tools are out there. So you just took every excuse away from yourself. So now you know it exists. And number two is the more you know, the more you grow. You know? And what we mean by that is the more tools you know how to use self-direction, like partnering with children accounts, health savings accounts, in addition to Roth solo 401ks, what that means tax-wise for you and how to grow them together to create a family legacy, generational wealth is very, very key and very paramount to your success. But no one, you hear those as almost like buzzwords or chapters you read in a book. No one really lays out a blueprint of how do I get there? And that's something that we've created kind of a, we call it specialized platinum internally, but it's like a family plan to where we look at all the components. Because if you're not, and it has educational components on a monthly basis, on an on-demand basis, that's great for children. Because if we don't arm our kids with how to do what we're learning to do that we wish we would have. I mean, the first comment we already touched on, I wish I had known about this 20 years ago. Well, it's been around since the 70s, everyone. So this isn't something that just cooked up in the 2000s. This has been around a long time. So why haven't we heard about it? Well, because all the big bucks are behind Wall Street, not Main Street. <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, more of a personal opinion or if you base the answer to this question on something you see going on in the market or in the economy, but do you think now is the 
I don't want to say the most important or best time to be diversifying, but if you feel that there is some sort of urgency to be diversifying now because of the direction we're going or what you feel may happen in the next couple of years, because let's face it, we're on one of the longest economic expansions in U.S. history. In fact, we're closing in on the second largest, and I believe in July, we're going to be on the longest economic expansion ever. We are overdue for a breather, a correction, call it a recession, whatever it may be. A lot of people, a lot of think tanks seem to think that we're going to be in a recession by 2020. I don't have a crystal ball, but I know it's not a matter of if we're going to be in a recession, but when. So, The time to be thinking about this is obviously now. That probably leads to some level of urgency. Then the question becomes, how do I rebalance my portfolio or take my liquid capital and decide what to do with it? And that may be just sit in cash, you know, whether it's in or outside a self-directed IRA. But that also could mean, well, should I put it into some sort of asset? What kind of asset? Maybe hard assets. Hard assets are real estate. Hard assets are precious metals. So... What's your stance and feeling about this? I mean, just talk about it openly, where you think we're headed, uh, what you would do today. I know you can't give financial advice to everybody, but what do you think? No, I mean, if you're to ask my personal opinion, and I mean, uh, for everyone listening, I mean, yeah, I might have these big old baby cheeks, but I've been in this industry through the last recession, <laughs> as well as in the real estate space. So I'm seeing the same market indicators. I'm reading the same articles. I've, I've been seeing it we work with clients all over the country, different markets are in different stages. So it is absolutely a matter of not if, but when. So personally, getting yourself in a more of a liquid cash position on a self-directed platform, and even in your own name, personally, depending on how you're diversified, would be a smart move, in my personal opinion. Because when a market corrects, what happens? Take real estate, for example. You're going to see somewhat of a credit crunch. We've seen it loosen up recently. So we're going to see more of a crunch, I see, where you're going to see more inventory coming out. Because right now, and you can speak to this as far as inventory and markets, I mean, everyone, it's competitive out there. And so I think we're going to see an influx of inventory. Well, what is king? Cash is king. Well, when you have funds in a self-directed account, that's just as good as cash is king in my position. So if that is the hard asset that you're looking to escalate with, which most are, because it's one of the three basic God-given needs. And that's the, you quoted Warren Buffett. He says, you know, I think it was back in like 2012 or 13, is, you know, if he can buy up X amount of single family homes, he would. You know, he also went in the same interview and I've got that article somewhere on my computer here of everyone should have a Roth IRA. That's someone I'm going to listen to. <laughs> I think he figured it out. He's a mentor I would follow. But in my personal opinion, I think it, diversifying now, there is a lot of urgency there. And I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it from the day-to-day clients that I'm talking to. They are absolutely making those moves now. And like I said, as a, I'm, I'm just sharing that what we're seeing from the self-directed portion too. But from various spaces too, I'm not just talking from the real estate space. I mean, I've heard it from several so I don't think you can put yourself in a bad position seeing where the correction is going. And that means for some that have taken a bit of a hit in the past couple months, Marco, I'm going to touch on this because I hear this all the time. It's kind of like ripping off the Band-Aid. Oh, no, I'm down 10000 or 15000 or, you know, this stock took a hit. I'm just going to hold and hope, you know, I'm going to say a prayer and hope that it comes back. 
And it's like, when does that stop? How deep does that hole have to go before you take action? And we saw that happen last, you know, in the last recession. And then overnight, it was boom. So that's where learn from the past and make your best educated decision based on past indicators and the information that's provided for you. I mean, that's how we all operate. So with retirement accounts, particularly self-directed retirement accounts, we can invest in most everything. I mean, there's some exclusions like art, collectibles and whatnot, but certainly real estate is open territory. How does an investor purchase real estate in their self-directed retirement plan? Most of the people listening to this are real estate investors or new real estate investors getting into it. How do we purchase in a self-directed retirement plan? Sure. So it's very simple and I won't get too technical. I'm going to keep it high level here. But there's basically, I will say, three and a half ways to purchase real estate in an IRA. (laughs) But what I mean by that is you can purchase it outright. So your IRA owns that asset on title deed, et cetera, 100%. So all the cash flow goes back to the IRA. Number two would be partnering. So Marco, say there was an opportunity and you and I wanted to go 50-50 on it with our retirement accounts, or you wanted to use your company and I wanted to use my Roth IRA, that you can do that. The last, the the third way, not the last way, but the third way is you can leverage with a non-recourse loan inside of your retirement account. I think that's the number one question I get all the time. Can I leverage in my retirement account? Yes, it has to be a non-recourse loan. There's a certain type of account called a, a 401k that you want to do that within. It's called solo 401k. The Roth is the one that you want to do if you're exercising that particular strategy because there's a nasty tax. So that would be method three. And then my half is what we see a lot of these days is private lending, which for those of you that have, if you're new to real estate or if you've read about it or you're doing deals, you know about the term OPM you know, other people's money. We call it OPI, other people's IRAs (laughs) in our industry. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. You know, it's private lending where you're being the bank. We've seen it where you're doing the gap funding for someone that is doing a flip for all those HGTV viewers out there. We also see it to where folks are using other people's IRAs for the acquisition and the rehab and then doing a refinance out and paying back their investor. That's another popular strategy that we see. So pretty much everything you can do in real estate, an IRA can play in the same arena. It's just a matter of the big mystery. How do I do that, Amanda? Oh, and the titling. Open the account, title it correct. Done. So nothing, it's not complicated. No, it's not. It's easy. We have a team to help you with that. It's just like a, the analogy I always use, especially being a female, don't judge me. I am a good driver, by the way, but it's like learning to parallel park, <laughs> okay? You might nip the curb or hit a bumper the first one or two times that you do it because you're not used to it. But then by the third, fourth, fifth time, it's muscle memory. It's just a process and procedure. <laughs> Well, it's that time of year again, tax season. And if you're like me, you're busy pulling together all of the documentation for your properties, so many receipts, organizing your income and expenses, and creating reports. With the tax reform this past year, there are lots of changes that directly impact investors like us. Are you maximizing your deductions? Are you using the right strategies? Our sponsor, Stessa, teamed up with top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you keep more of your hard-earned dollars in your pocket. I love this guide because it's full of actionable strategies you can use on your return, and it helps you to optimize your strategy for 2019. 
It's hands down the best advice I've seen on rental property taxes. Get your copy of the guide when you sign up for a free Stessa account. Stessa is an essential and really cool tool that every rental property owner needs. It helps you track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate investments. To get your copy of the Rental Property Tax Guide, head over to stessa.com forward slash P-R-E-I taxes and sign up for a free Stessa account to track your rentals. That's S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash P-R-E-I taxes. All right. So some people own real estate and they're thinking, oh, it may be in my best interest to transfer one or more of my properties into their self-directed retirement account, be it an IRA, solo 401k, whatever it may be. Is this a good idea? When does it make sense? And can it even be done? Great question. And the answer is N-O, no. (laughs) Okay. So if you already own it, you can't transfer it. Correct. So this violates rule number one in its Internal Revenue Code 4975, where all of these prohibited transactions are listed. But it's self-dealing is what that is exactly the rule that it violates. Because if you're benefiting outside of the account, anyone in the here and now, and not in retirement, you know, the spirit that the IRS intended you to benefit, then you shouldn't be doing that in your IRA prime example is what you just said, Marco. Oh, I have a cash cow of a duplex in Indianapolis. Can I just buy that for myself and put my Roth IRA so it's all tax-free? And the answer is no. And the same thing if anyone above you or below you on your family tree or a CPA that has a fiduciary responsibility, anybody with a fiduciary responsibility own that property, you couldn't do dealings with them in your self-directed account either. But other than that, everyone's free game. Family members, to the left or right are okay. I always get that question, Marco. It's kind of a weird one. I just, I'm the messenger. If they're to the right or left of your family tree, you could do business with them. Brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews. It's really just the the lateral up and down. So let's just take that a step further. It sounds like you have to keep everything arm's length when you're dealing with your retirement accounts, which means that you can't take any personal benefits or you can't personally use the assets within that IRA. Explain this because I think a lot of people aren't completely clear on the concept of not being able to take cash flow. You know, you could talk about the management piece. Some people think they can manage their properties, but you can't. So explain that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these are questions that we get all the time. And the key there is you want to make it an arm's length, meaning that in the worst case scenario, if you're to ever get audited, you can show the paper trail like, hey, I'm not the one swinging the hammer. I'm not the one adding 20,000 equity. I, I paid this contractor to do it. You know, I'm not the one managing the property and paying myself a property management fee. You're paying a third-party management company. For those professionals, we hear that a lot with the management piece, Marco, and especially real estate agents. So I sold this property. I'm a licensed agent. Can I just take a commission on it? If your IRA is involved, the answer, I'm sorry, is no. You, know, you want to make sure that it's, it is an arm's length. So that's where, you know, kind of the, the turnkey model works very hand in hand with self-directed accounts because you're purchasing it from a qualified third party. You have a third party management company. And if you're purchasing that property 100%, so for example, in your Roth IRA, Marco, all of the proceeds go right back into your Roth IRA. You can't just dip in there and put some in your pocket. They have to stay in the tax sheltered account to remain tax free. You know, the same thing with the profit. So let's go to the exit strategy since we're talking real estate. When you sell that property, what do you get hit with at the end of that sale? Capital gains tax, right? 
Yeah. So in a tax sheltered account, remember, think of it as a bubble, everyone. So the bubble is protecting you from taxes. So the funds that come back are 100% tax free in a Roth IRA. No capital gains tax is applied. You know, so that's where, you know, there's a big benefit to the exit strategy of holding, for your example, a turnkey real estate or rental property in IRA. Cool. So I just finished an interview, I think last week with someone, and we went kind of deep into the whole thing about taxes. Tax season is basically here again. We all try to reduce the amount of tax we pay, defer it, shelter it, remove it, whatever. But what are some of the recommended tax strategies, if, if there are any, that people use with self-directed accounts? I'm not sure if there are many tax strategies because really when you have assets, they're sheltered or tax deferred for a period of time. But how, maybe explain the tax benefits and what the tax strategies would be in a self-directed account. Sure, absolutely. And there are strategies. I mean, there's some pretty advanced conversion strategies that I can nerd out and go to town with you on. (laughs) Again, I'm not a CPA. (laughs) So the tax benefit when you're talking about self-directed accounts, first off, is the contributions that you can put in. So for example, I'm going to talk about here a Roth solo 401k because majority of the listeners here probably have an entity of some shape or form, whether it's an LLC, a C-Corp, et cetera, that they're doing some investing within. So they're generating income. They don't have W-2 employees. They qualify for this plan. So you could either take a good old personal account. So for 2019, you're looking at $6,000 under 50, 7,000 over 50. You put in a traditional IRA. In this Roth solo 401k, the tax deferred side of it, you can put up to 25% of your adjusted gross income, but up to 37K. That's absolutely going to help you. In addition to, you know, this is a personal account over here. You can do that in addition to that traditional IRA because you're a business and a person. Okay. The other beautiful piece of that is something we talked about when we talked about diversification. In this Roth solo 401k, it has a Roth component. So this Roth component you know, will allow you to put a salary deferral, so that means after-tax money, into that up to the tune of 19000 a year. Or if you're over 50, it's 25000 this year. And that's the big diversification piece that we see. And we talk about CPA with CPA firms, et cetera, because this, the Roth IRA has only been around since 97. So majority of folks are not very diversified in a tax-free environment. You know, so if you had a couple that was over 50, I just gave you a way to put away $50,000 a year in a tax-free account in addition to the tax deferred. But kind of speaking of, you know, since you're on the CPA note, I get excited about that because you're always talking about, you know, when we're looking at turnkey real estate, et cetera, you know, depreciating assets, they give you a decent amount of write-off, you know, which is a beautiful thing. You know, but when you have a lot of write-off, that could also play in very closely hand in hand for someone that maybe has all of their portfolio in a tax deferred bucket, but would like to get more of it over into a Roth environment. So a tax free environment, you know, those extra write-offs can be offset some of the, what is called a conversion in our space, but some of the converting and the changing over to a Roth environment, giving you that tax diversification while leveraging the tax write-offs on the tax depreciative assets that you have outside of the retirement account. So that's where it all kind of comes around full circle. You have to look at the big picture. Because I know you and I talk about all the time, inside the IRA, outside the IRA. And I get that question, how do I know what to do? Do I do the deal inside my account or outside my account? The question always goes right back to you is, where do you need the cash flow? 
do you need write-offs right now? Or do you need the cash flow right now? Or are we building, you know, retirement? Are we going a legacy plan? You know, are we trying to, this is always a fun one, you know, cut the corporate puppet strings. <laughs> I hear that one a lot too. Yeah. And it's also where do you want the equity growth? The cash flow is one thing, but if you are going to hold an asset for 5, 10, 20 years, and it may double in value, do you want that in a retirement account? And then when you sell that asset and it becomes something you could draw from, do you want it to come out tax-free at that time? Or do you want it? I mean, this is where the whole tax strategy question comes in. And a lot of it is just math, you know, penciling out the numbers and projecting, looking at where you are and projecting where you're going to be and figuring out where's the biggest bang for my buck. My quick answer to the question of should I invest in or out of my self-directed retirement accounts generally comes down to this. I know this is an oversimplification, but it's what I had mentioned to you before. If you have investable cash outside your IRA, start with that because then you could take advantage of the depreciation, assuming you need it and most people need it and want it because you can't take advantage of the depreciation of real estate within a retirement account because of what you said a few minutes ago, you can't take any kind of personal benefits from that real estate. Therefore, you essentially trap that depreciation and what you could write off against it within the retirement account. And if I'm off base here on anything or wrong about anything, correct me. But you know that's kind of my quick rule of thumb before digging into the scenarios, running scenarios uh, a little more deeply. Sure. Yeah. And there's two little piggybacks to that too. One, if you're, and again, I'm not a CPA, but if you're leveraging with non-recourse in that scenario, there are some depreciation items that you can take even in doing into a qualified plan, which is the type of plan you would do that strategy in. Twofold too, you you have to look at it as if you have investable cash. Absolutely agree. Love (laughs) write-offs. Pay yourself first, not Uncle Sam. That's like the whole spirit over here. But you also have to look into their retirement account as well. If they're all very heavy paper assets and high risk and they're three to 10 years from retirement and have no diversification outside of paper assets, they should be doing both in tandem. They should be doing outside their retirement account as well as in and not waiting because if they take that hit there and also if it's all tax deferred, they're not going to hit their cash flow goal in the time that they want. That means they're going to be working longer. They're going to be in a higher tax bracket. And they're going to that nest egg, when they pull it out, they're going to pay more taxes on it than they originally planned. So that's when looking at all of the factors is huge. I love what you said about the penciling out the appreciation piece of it. I just had, before Christmas, I had a call from an old client of mine. And we were talking about how his portfolio was doing. I've worked with him in a past life. And he's a very analytical fellow, <laughs> very, very strong opinionated, like, I know, I know what I want to do and how I want to do it, Amanda. You know, okay, fantastic. But the, <laughs> sorry, I don't mind impersonations. It's nothing I wouldn't tell them in, in person. <laughs> but, so we were looking at a couple different markets and I was very adamant about the markets that he selected for his IRA be in, it happened to be in the state of Texas. I was like, you know, that's where I would do everything in your IRA in those markets because they're poised for greater appreciation just looking at historical data. You buy on cash flow, you don't buy on appreciation. But looking at his long-term prey, because you don't pay capital gains tax, was very glad to hear that his portfolio that he did in Texas pretty much doubled in value. And it has been consistently and graciously cash flowing and overperforming for years, which is huge. You know, that's, that's huge. You know, so that's, those are things that you take into account too. Where are you going to see real estate? What's the whole acronym, Marco? You know, it's a smart asset because it cash flows and appreciates. 
So let's kind of start landing the plane, as, as I sometimes say. You mentioned the family plan. Just simplify the process of setting up a self-directed account, any kind of account, both for an individual and a family, because obviously there's people listening that are thinking, oh, well, you know, I already have a self-directed account, or maybe I don't, and I have an account, I need to convert it to a self-directed account, but I also have two kids and a wife, and we can build something today that will benefit my kids down the road. And so maybe the family plan makes sense, but just kind of walk us through high level what's involved in setting up any kind of retirement account, both individually and family-wise. Sure. So a retirement account, it's, we boil it down to the three Ds here at Specialized. You decide, you deposit, you direct. You do an application, a transfer form. We handle all of that paperwork. You deposit the funds. Our team in Albuquerque is phenomenal. Our team gets that funded within two weeks. Some of you that are moving old TASPs, we appreciate your service, but the government accounts take the longest. <laughs> you know, So two to four weeks. Once your cash is there, you pick an investment. It's literally that simple. And it's the same thing for a family plan. We simply fill out how we have it written out for the family plan. It's a contract. It's literally your whole household of accounts at a flat fixed fee for year one. And then it renews at a fixed fee for year two and forever for lifetime. So if you, you scale up your accounts to million dollar accounts, it's still going to be that low flat fee for the whole family, everyone that's underneath that roof. So that's as simple as just literally a form. And we take care of getting all the accounts essentially moved over. And then we walk through a blueprint kind of worksheet exercise, if you will, kind of take inventory, realign, look high level, get low level and figure out a compass to where so you know the direction that you're going in and prepare you and support you with service and education. That's it. But it really is that simple. One question I get asked from time to time is people who have a 401k plan with their employer and they're still employed would like to convert that to a self-directed retirement plan of some kind, maybe a self-directed 401k. Is that possible? And if it is, how often is it possible? Or how do you find out whether that is doable? Is that a matter of just asking your HR department if that can be done or how does that work? Okay. Great question. Get it all the time. I'm going to give you a ninja tip. So if you're listening and you're not driving, write this down because this is a particular phrase you will want to email in writing. So in moving an old employer's 401k, not working there anymore, thumbs up all day long. You can move those funds. If you are still employed there and you are 59 and a half or older, thumbs up. You can move those funds. If you are under 59 and a half, still employed and want to move current employer's 401k, probably 50-50 chance here. The term that you want to ask your benefits director is called an in-service rollover, okay? Came very popular right around the last crisis. Hey, your benefits are in the stock market. The stock market, for lack of better terms, is in the toilet. So if you feel you can do better, here is take 50% of your vested balance and good luck to you, okay? The reason why you email them that phrase is because majority of your you know, benefits directors and HR personnel, they're not going to know what the heck that means. And if you tell them, hey, I want to go buy a house in my retirement account, they're just going to tell you no. So email that term, 50-50 chance. Some of the larger companies, they do allow for in-service rollovers and even small medium companies. We've seen the worst they can do is say no. So that's a ninja tip for you. Take that one, jot it down, put it in your book. <laughs> so the HR person or whoever's in charge of those plans may not even be aware that an in-service rollover is even possible. And this is the verbiage you need to give them because if they're going to look into it, that's what they're looking into is whether an in-service rollover is possible. Correct. The document that it, it's called your plan adoption agreement, that's where they will find out if your 401k allows for that. So if they're even unsure of where to look for that, 
the document that you want to reference is the 401k plan adoption agreement. Got it. Okay, cool. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners that I haven't asked you before we wrap up and then you can give your contact information out after that? Sure. I mean, last, I guess, parting words is don't be passive about your retirement or your financial freedom. Hop on, take control. Um, The resources are all around you. And like, like Marco said, we've known each other for many, many years. I mean, good people work with good people. And it's a very win-win environment. So reach out, ask the questions, and then make the best decision from there. I mean, we're all here in the spirit of success and helping. We're not going to run out of opportunities out there. We're not going to run out of IRAs. So everybody helping everybody. And then once you know, I mean, that's how we grow. A majority of the accounts that we open on a monthly basis are friends and family referrals. And that says a lot because we're not just helping, you know, one individual. You're not just an account. It's a lifestyle. And one of the mission statement here is you deserve to live a life that you love. I mean, I fully believe that with my heart of hearts. It's a message to my family. It's a message to our company, our team members. But I mean, would you agree financial freedom just makes it that much easier? And <laughs> I like that. That's a great you know. saying. I'm going to have to borrow that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amanda, thank you very much. Uh, tell our listeners how they can find you and get more information, please. Yeah, absolutely. So in the show notes, Marco, I'm going to give you a link to our field guide to financial freedom so everyone can get a copy of our ebook as well as I put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to give you a link to my direct calendar with all my contact info. So you can align our calendars. You can email me at aholbrook at specializediraservices.com. And I'm always available and ready to hop on a phone call and say, hey, how can we help? What can we get started today? www.specializediraservices.com if you want to check out our company, our team, and you know what type of accounts that we have. And Holbrook is H-O-L-B-R-O-O-K. So Amanda Holbrook, so that'd be A Holbrook. Yep, you got it. Cool. Not a hole. A whole brook. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, thanks for the clarification on that. <laughs> All right, man. Sorry, guys. I can't take it too seriously. I, that, I'm too light at heart. <laughs> That's okay. It's hump day. We have an excuse. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been informative. I know we can go on and on about this. It does get a little deep, but kind of like a rabbit hole. So if you guys have any questions, just contact Amanda and, and her team and they can help you out and get further down into detail that you need for your particular situation. So with that, Amanda, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks again for having me, Marco. Much appreciated. Always happy to help and work with the team. And like we say at Specialized IRA, your money, your future, your way. I love it. Okay, thanks again. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the host.